Hi, I'm Rennie. Welcome to another episode in Rennie's Food World podcast series. If you haven't done so already, please tap on the subscribe button so you never miss another episode of Rennie's Food World and the journey we take together. Today I'm going to start this podcast episode on a little trip down memory lane. As you may well know already from my previous episode, I was raised in a little town on the south coast of England called Eastbourne. As the only Asian family for many years in the early 70s, it was always exceedingly difficult to get acquainted or familiarised with my heritage or culture as a young Sikh boy. Well, as a Sikh, I grew my hair long with the traditions and cultures and would um, would have had this tied into a top knot daily by my mother. This caused many, many issues with being called a girl or it being pulled by other children at school and on a few occasions, even pulled by adults when I wasn't even much older than eight or nine years old. Don't get me wrong, Eastbourne was an incredible town growing up in. With the beaches and the parks, the education system and chances to explore my love for hockey, field hockey. However, it was at the weekends that as a family we would travel the two and a half hours to London or the London area to visit other, fa- other family members, relatives in a more densely populated Asian area. It was here in these areas that my, my younger brother and I found answers to questions about food culture that mum had so desperately been trying to show us. We would experience the winter dishes of Kadi Chol, Rajma Chawal, Sasanda Sag and Makki Di Roti. During the summer months, we'd experience the incredible flavours and cooking methods of fresh fish, chicken tikka, sheep kebabs, you name it. But throughout all the cooking and preparations, we would witness mum singing and laughing with all our aunties and our cousin sisters whilst making all the food. They would try to explain to us so many times about how their mothers had done the same thing, but the differences in the kitchens were vast. In India and in Uganda, Uganda being where we were from uh, and came to the United Kingdom as refugees, they would cook on clay stoves or paraffin burners. The kitchens in some of these areas were outside under little lean-to shelters covered with corrugating sheeting or plywood. It was through our trips to the London area my brother and I had a yearning to learn more, learn about the depths of our religion and the experiences that our older generation had during these many years, the years of their childhood in either India or East Africa. And there were so many fond memories that they would talk to us about. So fast forward a few years, 1986 to be precise, when I was about 14 years old. And the road network between Eastbourne and various London regions that we used to go to were improving dramatically. The two and a half hour journey that it used to take us um, soon became an hour and a half each way. With the, like, the introduction of parts of what is now known as the M23 and M25, it became a lot easier to travel backwards and forwards. So every Wednesday, Dad would finish work slightly early, race home to collect us, 
and would set off on a road trip to Southall in Middlesex in his faithful beige Ford Cortina. I can still remember the registration number all these years later. Southall was considered at the time to be a national base for, for the Sikh community in Britain. It had all the shops that catered for spices, foods, materials for saris, you name it. Southall had it. It was also the place where we could go to the Sikh temple, the Gurdwara, to not only worship, but every Wednesday night was Punjabi lessons. Even though these lessons were designed to give us children an understanding of the Guru Granth Sahib, the Sikh holy book, it was also a chance for us to try and learn how to read and write in Punjabi, our mother tongue. Be it that my brother and I grew up in a heavily English-speaking population, or be it that we were plunged headfirst into both reading and writing in a totally, totally, totally new language. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that at the ripe old age of 49 years old, I'm still unable to hold a fluent conversation in my mother tongue Punjabi. I can understand probably 97%, 98% of what is being said to me, but just can't get this cockney tongue around the pronunciation. (laughs) Anyway, back to the actual story. Um, That's a bit about, about the background itself, but one of my fondest memories and dearest memories comes from one of those, comes from the return journeys to Eastbourne after our lessons. During the class, mum and dad would kind of go down the high street in Southall, Broadway, and collect many of their supplies that they needed for the coming weeks, that they needed, like, with spices and materials for mum to make new clothes and things like that. During those shopping trips, though, they'd always stop to get some food for us boys to eat on the journey home. This was the best food in the world, and I say the best. About a third of the way home, we'd stop at a place called Fulton Eve Ponds. Now, I'm not sure, I'm still totally unsure as to why they call it Fulton Eve Ponds. As there's no ponds there. Just a massive oblong-shaped roundabout with grass and benches in the middle. I suppose I'll research that quest for another day. But, well, it was these ponds that the fun truly began. Dad would park up on like our usual lay-by so we could sit on the car bonnet. Yeah, I know, the warm bonnet was pure heaven during the winter months in the cold. And I can already hear you asking, why on earth were you eating outside of the car if it was so cold? Well, let me tell you, that food that mum and dad would treat us to on those journeys home was pani puddy. The messiest, if not eaten correct, yet tastiest food in the entire planet. A bold statement, I know, but when you literally are taken through a thousand mile journey to the streets of India on a single mouthful, then I stand by that statement. For those of you unfamiliar with Pani Puri, there are small, sphere, golf ball sized, deep fried wheat puff pocket of air that carefully open with the tap of a thumb or or finger filled with a mixture of spiced potato chickpea before being filled with the most incredible tamarind and chilli water 
Oh, these little flavour bombs. When you put them in your mouth, hold. You get your mouth like an eagerly awaiting, salivating mess. And you put it into your mouth. Close your lips first so you don't make a mess everywhere. And take that bite to allow every sense and your taste buds to get a giant kick of flavour and the aromas from that explosion just taking place in there. It's like fireworks going off in your mouth. Pani puri, golgape, gupchap, fuchka or chartbon. A famous street food favourite across all of India with many different names. Okay. So where did this this little gem come from? Well, even though the exact timing is unclear, it's suggested that the earliest incarnation was in the form of fulki, the original puri that we know today. As far back as roughly 600 BC. It's thought that the filling was a potato subji or dry potato curry. But as many Indian dishes... There's also a story that relates to ancestral trans- transcripts. In this case, the Mahabharata depicts the story of the Pandava brothers and their wife Drupadi and their mother Kunti being exiled. During this exile, Kunti wanted to test the commitment and favoritism of her husband. Kunti gave Drupadi some alu sabji and a small amount of wheat dough having instructed her to make a satisfying meal for the two brothers. Drupadi made small round breads and stuffed them with the alu sabji. Much to the delight of the brothers and ultimately Kunti too. In that moment, Drupadi had created what two brothers enjoyed together on the bonnet of their father's car a couple of thousand years later. The modern day Golgape. Even though these lip smacking snacks have regional variations by way of name, filling, and even savoury or sweet, one thing is for sure. Many childhood memories for Indians across the globe are filled with the enjoyment of these spherical pockets of flavour. Seeing this now in many of the emerging true authentic Indian restaurants and not what you'd come across as a normal high street Indian experience restaurant with your chicken tikka masalas and your fals and your whatever you name it. I get a warm feeling and can't hide back that smile that I get from those early days with my brother. Learning about food and culture. So the Pani Puri, as you can see, and have you have you heard from me here, has a story of bringing people together and bringing brothers together to learn more. It brought two brothers together, the Pandava brothers, when their wife created this dish for them as early back as 600 BC. It gave them enjoyment and it's given millions of people enjoyment 
over the centuries. Across the globe now. So one small little mouthful of this spherical ball of flavour. Pop it into your mouth. Take that bite. And let your imagination run wild with all the flavours that go round. The Pani Puddy, the Golgape. Whatever you want to call it, whichever way you want to describe it, will always be a firm favourite in this house. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Have a cool, cool of a day. Don't forget to tap that subscribe button and share it on Instagram. Hashtag Rennie's Food World.